tell myself keep walking on Here's something up ahead Waterfalling like a song An everlasting stream Your river carries me home Let it flow, let it flow
All right, good morning, church. I see a sea of bright, shiny faces out there. So you guys ready to uh, have a great day in the Lord this morning with us? All right, let's stand on up. I'm going to have, since uh, Nicole was uh, last Sunday with us, she heads back down under. I'm going to have her uh, lead us off with prayer this morning just to get us in the right spirit and right mind, right heart for the Lord. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly... Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this incredible opportunity that we have um, just to come before you and surrender our hearts to you, Lord. Um, I pray that you would just do something amazing in this place today and leave your presence with every single person who's walked in this door. And God, I just pray that the words that Jack speaks and the words that we speak um, will just be blessed and the words that we sing will be blessed. In your name we pray. Amen.
right, church, let's shout it out to the rooftops. Let's hear if you got a shout in you. Let's go. Anybody, let's go. One, two, three, shout. Woo! Oh, that's pretty lame. Let's go. One, two, three, shout. Better.
God, we just come into this place right now. We just give you praise. Go ahead, clap. Give a praise offering for the Lord. God, Father God, we just thank you so much for, for bringing us through a week, uh, through a week of weather, a week of uh, just all kinds of challenges. But through it all, God, you were there. And um, help us that as we wrap up our service, I mean, our uh, series this week about going deeper, that God, um, as we've been talking about your will, that you'll just kind of wrap that up and just uh, share with us something intimate and something special that we may seek to not only uh, just understand your will, like we talked about last week, discovering it, but that we'll do it and that it'll become the desire of our heart. And so, God, right now I want to pray for our, our children's ministry as they go to our Shoreline Sunday School ministry. God, be with them. Be with the teachers. Just bring, take your presence there and just raise up young men and women for, for God, and we give you praise for that in advance. And for all of us who may not be those kids anymore, may you just renew in us a childlike spirit just to worship you in a brand new way. And for that, we give you praise in, in Christ's name. And all God's children said, amen. You may be seated. Yeah, they can if they want. All right. How you doing? I don't know about you, but I could sing that song a lot. And, you know, I'd like to sing on Shout It Out from a rooftop in about 80-degree weather. What about you guys? Sound good? Um, so enough of, this, enough of this ice stuff, right? I've had enough of that. I, I, give, me, give me some snow. I can make it, but this ice stuff is a mess. So welcome. We're glad you're here. How many are glad to be here today? All right. Good. Good. We're here. Um, all right, a couple things. First of all, welcome. If you're visiting with us today, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Um, we, ho- we recognize that I say this a lot, but I truly believe it. Uh, I believe with my heart that you're not here by mistake, that God's brought you here today uh, and to connect and have a, have a great time. We're going to do some things a little bit differently today in church. Um, I'm going to speak, but we're also going to have a little panel discussion to kind of wrap up our series on the will of God. Have you enjoyed the series on the will of God? It's been really awesome, so we've been excited about that. We also want to welcome those who are watching online, streaming online. Um, 
glad that you're here. And we just got, give God thanks for technology that allows us to be together here in presence and also if we can't make it today. So here's a, it's a good day to come to church. It's always a good day to come to church, but today it's really good because after church, we're going to have coffee and donuts. Chris always and the group always provide great food, so hopefully you came in that way and were able to get some of that. But today we're going to have a time of uh, coffee and donuts after church um, in order just to kind of connect and find out some stuff that's going on here. If you're a visitor today, a great time to come so you can get connected. If you've been here a couple weeks or a couple months and you're still not sure, um, it's also a great time. It'll be right over here in classroom B, uh, and um, that'll be an awesome time to get together. Um, Men's group will meet this Tuesday, and you can see the other things that we have here. We have our Stephen ministry update that's here. Um, this is something that's very that's uh, new, but it's important. We got to get it out today. Um, Valentine's movie night. Anybody struggling for what to do on Valentine's Day? Guys, don't say yes. Okay, just tell you. Um, but today, uh, we are going to have on um, on the fourteenth. Is that correct? Right on the fourteenth. Here she goes. Marsha's going to share with us. Go ahead, Marsha. Good morning, everybody. I just wanted to talk to you just for a minute about our fireproof movie. If you've all been here before for movie night, it's always a lot of fun. This is a very special movie. We're showing it for free. We want you to invite your friends. After church, you can go back and see Kate. She'll have tickets to give out. This is a movie about relationships and God's purpose for your relationships. Um, so we will have childcare that night. We're going to have some roses for the ladies and sweets for the men. But basically, it's just a real blockbuster movie. Uh, fantastic. It's about relationships. But even if you're not in a relationship, I highly recommend it. Action-packed, comedy. And we always have a great time you know, here at movie night. So if you want to take your sweetheart out or a significant other, or even if you come alone, it's a free movie action-packed. It's a great night. So please see Kate afterwards for free tickets, and you can invite your friends. Thank, thank you. All right, great. That's a good, good thing to go to. When have you ever heard free and movie put together in this world, okay? My, when you go with my kids, it costs about $200, um, just to let you know. And I'm not, I'm not joking. By the time the popcorn's bought, it's about 200 bucks. So um, you can see we don't go to the movies that often. Um, okay. Uh, also, after church, we have our ha- uh, Haven's Helping Hands ministry. If you want to know what that is, one of the great things about being a pastor of this church that I love is we have taken seriously for, for almost since the beginning um, Jesus' call to do to the least of these. And um, our, that's our missions ministry. Um, we are actively uh, signing up today as well. Is that correct? For um, the rotating shelter. If you want to be part of that, there, um, we need, uh, there's also space for drivers and people to bring stuff and people to help serve. We will do that up at uh, Five Rivers Church. And we will help with the homeless. We've done that several, um, several years. And we need people all around the clock. Anybody, where's my, where's my uh, buddies? I know Fred and I have stayed overnight plenty of times, and Wayne, and a lot of us, um, but we need people all the time, and how, and how long, what are the dates again, where's Joanne? That whole week, so the February 23rd, that whole week, so we are around the clock, um, besides during a, a bulk in the middle, but there's times to fill in, and it's a great, great um, opportunity to do that, so that's one of the things. In addition, the emergency packs for the, um, for the homeless, we're, we're putting those together, you can read that information. And um, I already talked about the rotating shelter. Also, uh, Parish Foundation on February 15th. So you can come and find out about love and relationships on the 14th. And you can go display that love for others the next day. Right, Mike? Mike's here with us today. And he's going to help out a little bit with the message today. But the Parish Foundation, again, everybody know where that is? 
next to the pretzel factory in Elkin, right? That's, everybody knows where the pretzel factory is, but um, we're just uh, thrilled to be part of that. Now, for uh, anybody else here, what is next week? Super Bowl. Who said it? Good job. Super Bowl. Um, but a couple years ago, they trademarked that, or, uh, so you can't say Super Bowl in, in church, even though I just said it like three times. Um, it, we'll delete that in the cut, right, Andy? Um, probably a beep, and somebody probably thought I cursed on, on TV. Um, but what uh, the big game, as we're supposed to call it now, last year they had the Super Bowl breakfast, which they can't say because they pay money to use Super Bowl breakfast. They aren't doing the webcast this year. However, we do have an opportunity for um, something else, which is called Football Sunday, and we're going to show a brief video clip of what that's about, and I'll talk to you about this in a little bit. For most of us, inviting people to church doesn't come naturally. But with the Super Bowl coming up, we think we got an easy win for Christians everywhere. It's called Football Sunday. And it's got the potential to connect your community with your church. On Super Bowl Sunday, this church will hear stories of what God is doing in the lives of NFL players. Creating a worship service that'll be intriguing and attractive to everyone in your city. They just need to hear about it. They just need to hear about it. They only need to hear about it. And what if you could be the voice that invites them in? Football Sunday is happening next week. So here's the big here's the big here's the big question. Right, so next, uh, you, you have an insert um, next Sunday at 8 a.m. Uh, we're going to have our men's breakfast, our second year. We, how many of you were able to attend that last year? We had a men's breakfast, and we watched that. And we will go ahead, and we will watch um, uh, about a half an hour on, um, Super Bowl, on the uh, Super Bowl Sunday or whatever it is. And I said it again. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm old enough. I can't get it out of my head. So we will go ahead and have this. It, uh, football Sunday, um, the video celebrates the increase of Christ and the decrease of self based off of John 3, verse 30. In the, and particularly in the lives of NFL players. Um, and they, they talk about how they are, just by being a player in, in the NFL, how they are elevated up, but how they want to decrease themselves and show the love of Christ in their positions that they have. So we'll hear from guys on both um, Super Bowl teams, and these interviews you won't hear anywhere else but through here. So next Sunday morning, 8 a.m., right here, and, um, and if you want to just bring something with you, you can. If you don't, we'll just eat what's here. We're going to have a breakfast, and it'll be a good time together. Uh, so uh, men plan on coming out, and um, if you have uh, teenage boys or whatever you want to bring, that's cool too. We'll have a good time, and it'll just be a, a great time to get together. All right? Sound good? All right, good. And um, anybody here is a, uh, I know there's, we have some Ravens fans. And um, one of the, uh, the people who is who's kind of monitoring this is um, Trent Dilfer, who won the su- first Super Bowl with the Ravens, who is on ESPN. So he's kind of leading a lot of this. So I'm, I'm excited about it, okay? All right, without getting all up and around and crazy, just kind of reach next to somebody and say hi, give them a knuckle punch, hit an elbow so you don't pass the flu. That's all good. All right, so I challenge you to go ahead and see people and say hi and get to know some, uh, 
some people other ways as, as well, if you could do that. Okay, we have some prayer requests, and um, during this time, we, we write down our prayer requests under the sconces in the back, or if you're online, you can also click and add a prayer request. This is from Rachel, who's asking in prayer for her son, Brandon, who has Crohn's disease. Um, for my, this is a prayer from Melissa and for me. Uh, my daughter's Abigail's back, and she has some symptoms, and she shouldn't be having a lot of these issues for her age. Um, the tests and stuff have been um, pretty good so far, but we just ask for your prayers for her. Uh, Larry McCusker uh, has asked for prayers. He, Larry works um, for Hokesson um, Post Office, and the postmaster, uh, lady's name's Donna, um, died at the age of 52 very unexpectedly, um, and she has a 12-year-old son, so we want to pray for that family in the midst of this. Um, Bill Wiggum, Bill has asked for prayers. Ray Caldwell called, and he asked for a pair and energy and health. Um, Ray usually sits in the back and he has that very deep voice um, and we miss him um, but we know he's watching today and we can't wait for him to get back here in physical presence with us um, and, but we're glad that he is watching online we love you Ray and we'll see you soon and Laura Wright, Wright, has, Laura Wright has asked for prayers for her brother and family um, his drug addiction has put him in jail probably for a long time and he has a 7 year old son so um, we, we have, that's another thing in this church we recognize in reaching out in our community and um, the, the issues with drug addiction and that hold that plays. And um, we've been very active and will continue to be active in bringing the love of Christ into those areas, okay? Um, so let, and I also want to give a praise. My dad was having some problems with his knee yesterday and he's able to be here. So um, just continued prayer for him and everyone else. All right, so let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we thank you for uh, your presence in the midst of us here today in this worship. And so, God, as we continue with our worship service, we ask that you be the center point, and all the other stuff in life just kind of go by the wayside, um, that we can just focus on you. God, there are so many needs. We know that some people are having surgery this week. We know that there's some nervousness there, but God, I ask that you bring peace in those situations for loss, for those who are dealing with addiction, not only the individual, but the families that deal with the brokenness and the pain of, of hopes and dreams that don't seem to be uh, to the forefront. And God, we just ask that you bring your presence there. And as you, you told um, in the scripture, that you restore the years that locusts have eaten, um, those years that were taken away, that God shall restore that to those families and set them, as we talked about last week in Psalm 40, our feet upon a rock and made our footsteps firm. And so, God, um, for those who are dealing with, uh, with symptoms and they don't know what's going on, God, you be the chief physician and bring that diagnosis and bring healing and restoration. And ultimately, God, we just want to stop right now and thank you for the many blessings that you've given us. If we were to begin to, to start uh, numbering them, God, we wouldn't even begin to, to stop by counting the many blessings that you've given to us. And so as we take this time right now to give back to you, God, we recognize that this is just a portion of the gifts that you've given to us. And by doing so, you love a cheerful giver. And as we give back in our tithe and your tithe and our offering, that God, you send your Holy Spirit upon this. The needs are great in our community and larger world, but we have a great God who is greater than all these things. For those who have gone back to school this week, and for those who are, are, are in situations of transition, God, be with them. But more importantly, as we return back to you, a portion of the blessing you've given to us, anoint us to be your hands and feet in this kingdom. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's name.
Amen. We're going to do a little differently this morning. This is offering time, but I think we just want to extend the worship. So, Andy, you want to take the lights down? Let's stand up, and we're going to worship God with this, uh, this song. Um, so this song is a... It's, it's uh, called Hosanna, and uh, Hosanna is one of the most, it's a powerful word in the Bible, and it just, it's a word of urgency, and it's a word that means save now. Like, I can't wait till tomorrow, God, I need you now. So as we lift these prayers up right now, we think about that word and how we just need God urgency in our lives right now. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the
The first part of today's reading is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 5 through 17. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Next is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 through 6. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. A cool, cool service today. We're going to have a good time um, in the Lord. Uh, we've been talking about the will of God. If you missed any of that, you can go ahead and check it out online, or you can download the app that we have, and you can go ahead and look back at some, some old sermons. But we have uh, uh, called Going Deeper. That's our series. And to start off today, uh, I was really kind of thinking about this week about how um, if we really, really had this desire. Remember last week, we were kind of talking about, um, that's why we have all that stuff up there. We'll, we'll touch on that today. But we were talking about discovering God's will, and we use the illustration of paint, uh, discovering the God, God's will is like having a paint can, um, but unless we do something with it, first we have to do something with it, and go ahead, that's, we got to open the can, remember I told y'all, what did I tell you, tell somebody to open a can, anybody go up to somebody and say, open a can this week, anybody tell them that, they might hit you, who knows, um, but then when we open it, the main thing is to not only ha- to discover God's will and to do God's will, but to begin to make it the desire of your heart. Right? And that's where we were focusing on. And so I, um, I was watching TV and um, some YouTube and some other things, and I saw this commercial. Um, it's an Old Spice commercial. Uh, and, and I really thought, wow, if we had the desire and if we had the, the uh, discovery, the, the action, the doing, and the desire to do the will of God like this guy does about his soap, it would be really interesting. So let's go ahead and let's take a look at this really quickly. Your body, the man way, and the freshness will follow you all through your day. It's literally following you everywhere. This could actually be a fairly serious problem. This is not good because he's probably ruining that person's body who he's operating on. This is way more freshness than anyone expected. New Old Spice Bar Soap, never leave your house again. All right, how about that? How many have the will of God like that? Um, I'm glad I'm not the guy in surgery there, right? You know, uh, or sitting at dinner with him, but you never have to leave your house again. How many would like that? Who knows? All right, what I'd like to do today to start off, one more time, I'd like to go ahead and, um, and begin by just reading the, the Word of God today um, with, from Colossians. And I want you to read along with me. Uh, let's, that's just one more time. I'm sorry. Um, we'll have you stand. You're getting calisthenics today if you can. So let's go ahead and just one more time. Let's read this aloud together. It's also printed in your bulletin if you can't see that. And um, let's go ahead again and read this aloud together. Ready? And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God through the Father, through him. One more time. And whatever you do, whatever word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. All right, you can have a seat. And as you do, just turn to somebody and say, whatever. 
whatever. All right. Remember, we've been kind of really focusing on God's will is whatever. We get a lot of caught up into finding that, that will that God has for us. Um, today. Um, I've, I've always been fascinated by bumper stickers. Let me ask you a question. How many put bumper stickers on your car? Anybody? Okay, there's a couple. Um, you, I remember you used to see them. I think some people's cars are held together by bumper stickers, if you ask me. Um, but I, I saw the bumper sticker, and it just kind of, there's two of them that I saw. And one of them said, uh, life is too precious to waste. I thought that was cool. The other one I liked equally, it said, less barking, more wagging. <laughs> Boy, we could use a lot more wagging in life, couldn't we? Um, a lot of people could use a lot more wagging. So what I began to think about with those things combined with our, our discussion on God's will was how, um, how do we live out God's will? We've got a lot of stuff. We talked a lot about discovery and doing, and we even talked about desire. But how do we live out God's will and not waste our life? That would be the worst thing to ever do, get to this point and say, oh, wow, what did I do? Did I waste my time here on earth? And we, we come to faith in God and say, oh, we had a relationship with God, and we wonder, well, wait a second, what's, what's going on here? And as I look at this, I, I come to the, this verse that was read for us from Ephesians, but I want you to see it again. It says, uh, be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Look at somebody and say, don't live like a fool. Okay. Uh, but don't live like a fool. Uh, and that, can, that leaves a wide open way of behavior. Uh, much, many of them are ones that I have also gone ahead and done in my life. Um, but it says, you know, be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity these di- in these days are evil. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what God wants you to do. Uh, and when we see that, what he's telling us here is not to be careless. Don't be careless. And as we looked at that Old Spice commercial, he said, this could be, he had a line there that said, this could be a very serious problem. Uh, I guess it would if you had this perpetual, like, lather in your life, I guess I would say. Um, and so what I wanted to do briefly, so I'm going to lay out what we're going to do and how we're going to wrap up this series. And I've got a, a, just a, a precursor to let you know. Next week, we're going to start a new four-week series. It's going to be called um, Chapter 12. And it's going to be about the, uh, the life um, about on, on Hebrews chapter 12, which I believe is one of the most transitional verses in Scripture that really helps us live in enduring lives, lives of endurance. So you want to, you will not want to miss that as well. Uh, so, but a, a couple things that I want to mention here today is how we live out God's will, and then God's will at work. And I'm going to have some people that I've asked, I asked them to uh, come and just share with me, and I'm going to ask them some questions. We're going to go ahead and have kind of like a, a a panel discussion, and. It's not that they have an S tattooed on their chest as super Christian. It's just that people that I wanted to ask to help out, and some were probably a little more reluctant than others, but they said, hey, if God's calling me to do that, all right, I'll do it. Um, that's one of the things as a minister, you can say things, and people will take it as God's will, and you can run with it a little bit. But um, So here we go. So the first thing I want to share with you, what, as, as some of the serious problems that we deal with in God's grace, uh, in, in living out God's grace, is this. And the first thing is, don't stumble and drift through life. I think so many of us stumble and drift through life. We have an idea, we may have an idea of what God's will is. 
We want to walk in his ways. And you can see a little bit on there from week one where we talked about we had the circles and we had God's works and then we had God's ways and then we had in the secret and the core God's will. And we spent our time going, how can I find God's will? And so many of us have driven ourselves absolutely insane by trying to find out God's will. And did I marry the right person? If I didn't, I'm throwing the whole society off and out of whack and and then it's all because they might have married the wrong person if they married the wrong person then they had the wrong kids and if they had the wrong kids and they had the wrong grandchildren and everything's wrong because of my i miss god's will but we switched that around and we made it so that the core of it is walking in god's ways that when we walk in god's ways which we know from scripture that when we walk in god's ways then we rest in his will and that god and remember that verse we started with today, whatever you do. So no matter whatever I'm doing, as long as I'm doing the will of God, whatever, and I have the heart of God, he'll work it out. He works those things out. And, that, and a lot of people said to me, man, that was really freeing to know that. Because I've been searching, and I'm afraid I'm going to find the wrong thing. Um, so we had that one. The next uh, week, we had a window here. And our window, we wrote three things on top of the window pane. We had three, th- three windows of God's connection, and one of those was the influence of others. And we wrote that on there, that we can see the will of God through I- influence of others. We also had the life situations, that good, bad, or indifferent, those life situations help us see the will of God. And then we had the leading of the Holy Spirit is the other thing. But then we said the main way, to s- the window, to see the will of God displayed in our lives is that we get into his word and we elevate his word and we elevate the word of God. Then when we look at the influence of others, the life situations and the leading of the spirit, it's all through the window or the screen of the word of God so we can know if our friend is giving us godly information. We know that this life experience, even though it may be difficult, that God is true and faithful. And he'll bring us through that. And, um, and so we shared about that. One of the things I didn't share with you, and I spent a lot of time trying to figure this out, but the beginning of each letter spells will. Isn't that cool? You figured that out? Okay, that's free today. Okay, um, so we talked about that. And last week, you remember, we talked about painting a room. And we talked about going and finding colors. And we said, we decided we were going to paint a room red. And this was our choices, some of them. We found out that there were 256 different variations of red. And so if you're told to go paint the town red, I guess you better have lots of paintbrushes. I don't know. And then we looked at this and we said, you know, like when we, we can discover the will of God this way. And, but more importantly, we need to do the will of God. But if we just discover the will of God and don't do anything with it, it's like stacking paint cans on top of each other, like in many of our basements or sheds. And I said, the heart of the matter is to do this. Open a can. There we go. Let's say it again. Open a can. There we go. Is to desire the will of God in our lives, to make that our passion. And so that's kind of some of the kind of things that we were talking about. And um, this guy right here, Tommy, stand up, Tommy. Here we go. Tommy has been um, our stage crew, been bringing all these things out here, and a lot of people have helped. So let's give Tommy a hand. I told him he's off the hook today. But a lot of times we stumble through life because I, f- I feel like we, don't, we miss out on things. We miss out on even the basic the basic of loving God back and loving others. And the next thing that we do, so don't stumble and drift through life. The next uh, kind of thing that could be a problem is we don't, not to lose sight. Don't lose sight. Don't get caught up in the life in, um, situations or the influence of others that may not correspond with the word of God. 
A lot of times, don't, one of the biggest influences is ourselves. We look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. We, we struggle with who we are, who we are when nobody's around. We don't, may not like that person very well. And we feel down about these things. We don't hear the leading of the Spirit. I taught a one-week class the other week at school. And I, after they spent about three days with me of eight hours a piece, I went ahead and I said, okay, I want you to make a judgment about who I am. Give me one word and tell me who I am. And I wrote all on the board all these things. And they were funny, hilarious, the hottest teacher I've ever had. No, no, I just threw that one in. Um, so, um, but there was all kinds of things like, not like the last one, but the other ones. And, um, and then I said to them, well, you know, at times, let me share with you some things that I feel about who I am. And I started writing on the board, insecure, hurt, feel like a failure, these other kinds of things. And they were like, really? I said, yeah, don't you? And they're like, yeah. And we started um, wrestling around with how at times in our lives we portray this image to everybody, but deep inside, maybe not so deep, maybe just under the surface, there's, it, it, there's just a lot of hurt and shallow that ends up in here. And so we often lose sight of this. We often lose sight and get self-focused or we get rule and ritual focused and we lose sight of God, the love of God and the love for others. Look at what it says in Matthew 22. Jesus was very focused on this. You have this in your bulletin. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love the neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. It's funny, Jesus was asked for one commandment. And many of you have heard me say this before. But he gave two. Why? Because he said, it's easy to say you love God, but you show you love God by how you love others. If you want to see if somebody really loves God, how are they treating other people? That's what Jesus said, not me. Okay? So that was the other thing. It's about relationship. It's about relationships. The next, and, the, and the third thing that I want to share with you is, and I think this is a big one. Don't, do not go through the motions. Don't just go through the motions. Just don't, don't just say, okay, I'm going to go through the motions. And, because we don't find the will of God by going through the motions. Now, I do believe at times when we don't feel like it, when we don't feel like going to a Bible study, when we don't feel like coming to church, when we don't feel it, push through that. Push through that, and I guarantee you God will meet you in that. But, you know, sometimes we exist in a clouded window of our lives. It's not as clear as it once was. And by doing so, we miss out on some of the things that the Word of God has for us. There is a verse, and I want to read it, a little bit of it to you, and then we're going to move on from Isaiah chapter 1. And it's something that I'd never want God to say to me, but I think at some times in my life, God has said this to me. And I'm going to read it to you in the message version. It's not up on the screen, but I just want to share with you um, Isaiah chapter 1, verses uh, 10 through about 17. It says, listen to my message, you Sodom schooled leaders. Receive God's revelation, you Gomorrah schooled people. Now, in case you don't know, Sodom and Gomorrah is like really bad. So bad that God decided he was just going to wipe it out because they didn't love the poor. They didn't take care of others and all kinds of other things. And it says, so why this frenzy of sacrifice, God's asking? Do you think I've had my fill of burnt offerings, rams, plump grain-fed calves? Don't you think I've had my fill of the blood from bulls, lambs, and goats? When you come before me, whoever gave you the idea of acting like this, running here, running there, doing this and that, all this sheer commotion in a place provided for worship. Quit your worship charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games. 
mouthy conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more. That's God. That's not me. Okay? He says, meetings, meetings, meetings. For, that, for this and that, I hate them. You have worn me out. I'm sick of your religion, religion, religion while you go on sinning. When you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way. No matter how long or how loud or how often you pray, I'm not listening. And do you know why? Because you've been tearing people to pieces. Your hands are bloody. Go home and wash up. Clean up your act. Sweep your lives clean of evil doings so that I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to wrong. Learn to do good. Work for justice. Help the down and out. Stand for the homeless. Go to bat for the defenseless. If you have a question about whether God wants you to reach out to the least of these, you can't get around that one, can you? Come sit down. Let's argue this out. This is God's message. If your sins are blood red, they'll be white as snow. If they're crimson, they'll be like wool. If you're willing to obey, if you're willing to obey, you'll feast like kings. But if you're willful and stubborn, you'll die like dogs. That's right. God says so. Now, I never, ever want God to say that to me. You know, I, I, I would go ahead and, and when I get to heaven, I want to hear the well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear that I'm tired that your next prayer performance, you know, that I'm, I'm putting on a lot for you and you look really good and you're doing a lot of things for show. But what is, what is he saying? He says, You've dis- you may have discovered my will and you may be doing some things, but I want you to desire me for worship. I want you to come into a place of worship to worship me. And to connect to me. So what is he saying there? Stop ripping people up. Stop ripping people up. Stop doing these kind of things. So here we are. Fi- finishing this part of the message. And uh, of the message series on, on uh, going deeper. And how do we go ahead and display this? Well I wanted to ask a couple people. To come and share today. Um, about how they live out God's will in their lives. It's not, it's not easy to live out God's will all the time. And here's what I'm going to do. First of all, I'm just going to fill in some blanks for you on the bottom, and then we're going to have a panel discussion. Everybody good with that? If you're not, that's what I'm doing, okay? So um, just hang in there. Here we go. So the first thing I want you to do is to write down, be intentional. And what being intentional means is to live a relational life. To live a relational life. That's the first blank. And it was read for us today from Colossians. It's interesting, all this, uh, most of our scriptures come from Colossians this week, this time. Have you recognized that? It says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. A lot of times, we're real good about loving each other in church. Sometimes we're not even good about that. And then, but when we go outside, we don't want to love others. And so, be wise about how we do that. Because people are taking a look and make every opportunity. You may be going to Walmart, to Martin's, to Acme, if it's still here somewhere, um, to a- in Elkton, Acme. Um, or you may be just going to Food Line, or you may just be on your way home. Make it, look for an opportunity to just love somebody for the Lord. The next thing is, I want you to write this. Be the change. Be the change. Go ahead and be the change. What this is, live a life of character. Live a life of character. It's not always about how we act. It's not always about what we know. More importantly, and I think it's the most important thing, is how we are and who we are. 
the type of person that we are, tells a lot more about our, our love for God and a lot more about the person that we claim to be than our words, than our knowledge. Um, remember we talked about a little bit last, last week that a lot of us are so knowledgeable, that um, more knowledgeable over our obedience. That we, we know enough about God. We know about the love of God. I just love the love of God. I love the, how God forgives me. And shut up, I'm trying to read my Bible. Leave me alone. Oh, I'm not going to forgive you. Oh, they're coming over. You know what they did to me, right? We know about it, but is it in our heart? That's character. And the last thing I want to give to you is be consistent. Live a life of integrity. Live a life of integrity. And that's what we want to do here today. And we want to talk a little bit about this, okay? So everybody, go, everybody got those? Our life of integrity is going to bring us back to our, our main verse. So what I'm going to ask is I'm going to ask um, three people to come up here, if they can. And um, we'll start off with one, Nicole. Nicole Barton, she's going to, oh, there you are. You, you fooled me. You're in a different place. There she is. There's Nicole. We're going to ask Nicole to come, come up. We're going to ask uh, Mike Brandon. Mike, come on up. And I'll get it. And Debbie D. Virgilio. We're going to have Debbie come up as well. All right, so here, I'll, I'll let you hold the mic. Okay, Mike, you know, see how that works? Mike holds the mic. Okay, so what I wanted to do is, you know, because if you're, if you're like me in life, it's great to hear things. It's great to understand things. It can even be my desire, but a lot of times the, the deal is where the rubber hits the road in my life at times, you know, and none of us are perfect. Nobody up here is perfect, right? Okay, uh, and they're totally not perfect, and they, some of them went kicking and screaming to do this. But I just wanted to go ahead and share because um, I've, I've had an opportunity to, to see. I could have grabbed a, a ton more people here as well, but I just wanted to give an opportunity to go ahead and share. So I'm going to ask them some questions, and they're going to go ahead and just share to the best of their knowledge. And um, I'm going to let you guys just choose until, unless I specifically ask you. So one of the things that I want to ask is, um, and Nicole, uh, t Nicole, uh, some people know you since you were real little. I almost found that picture that I have on my phone and you would have hit me. Um, but just, just kind of like very, very briefly, just share with people. We talk about Nicole's going away. A lot of people think, has no clue what that means. Um, but Nicole took a step of faith in following God's will. I don't think you ever were away from your family or friends. And you took a step to go where? Um, I live in uh, Australia in Sydney. And I go to Hillsong Leadership College for vocals. So, yeah, okay. I did that. All right, good. Good. There you go. Good. And, um, and Mike Brandon, Mike has had several roles in his life, was a police officer at one point, correct? Uh, a, a, senior, a staff pastor and a senior pastor at a church, and then took a step of faith to, you want to share what, what God called you to do? Well, from the, the pastorate, uh, the next step was to simply stop being the pastor at the church and be available to ex-offenders which is kind of odd because I spent 18 years locking people up. Um, but the Lord laid on my heart that uh, this was an unreached people group in my community <clears throat> and who better than me to try and reach them. And so for uh, three years um, up in Pennsylvania, I worked with uh, the chaplains at the prison and uh, some of the prison ministries that were on the inside as well as the probation department to help um, men and women who were leaving prison to re-enter society and to build on the relationships that many of them had established with Christ while they were in prison and connect them with a local church, help them with job referrals and housing, etc. From that, um, we were led to a volunteer work down in Elkton 
um, serving in Marina Park with the homeless, my um, home group decided they wanted to be more involved on the, with the community. And so we came down here and started serving. And then that led to uh, the forming of the Paris Foundation where I was asked to serve as the director. Okay. And, and Debbie, um, Debbie has, is uh, our lay leader here. And um, she says yes to a lot. Um, I think she's, she listens to God's will. She, she will say no if God gives her a big no, but I've also seen her, because I know some people are, uh, have their own business, and one of the challenges is, in this world, how do I have a business that is God-focused and live that out in a world that it does business that's not God-focused? Anybody have experience with that? You know what I mean? And so, Debbie, you want to just share very quickly? So, about... 14 years ago, I started my own business. Um, I work with nonprofits. I had worked with nonprofits my whole career. And I really started working with them intensely, um, doing a lot of grant writing, which means I helped them get funding to implement programs and services to serve the community. Um, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I was really kind of miserable, and I hated my job. Um, which is really bad when you own your own business that you hate your job. And I remember sitting at my desk looking at the computer for a job. And I, I decided that's not what I wanted to do. So during that time, God really showed me and sort of changed my whole business. Um, I went out on a limb. I changed it, completely rebranded. I had a lot of clients, but I changed it. It used to be De Virgilio and Associates, um, and now my business goes by the Faith-Based Nonprofit Resource Center, which means that I'm really specializing in meeting the needs of faith-based organizations. Okay, good, good. All right, let's see. Um, the first question I really want to ask you is, uh, is this one right here. Um, how do you hear God's voice? Anybody want to take that one? Okay. <laughs> okay. She's going to pass this mic off after this one. Well, that's so how do I hear God's voice? Um, I, I think the key to hearing God's voice is to be very intentional and to focus on it continually. It's not something that you can put God in a box and come Sunday morning. Um, you really have to live it out every single day of your life. So throughout the day. It can't just be, you know, in the morning when you get up, 15 minutes of devotions. I think it really has to be throughout the day in everything you do where you're seeking God's wisdom and direction. And if you do that, you're going to start hearing um, sort of he speaks to your soul. He will give you direction, show you which way to go, which way not to go. Um, and you just have this sense of peace about you. So that's how I really hear God's voice. Okay. For me, there have been three significant encounters with God regarding his will. <clears throat> the first was when I came to, to faith in Christ. And as I began seeking to know him, hear from him in the Gospel of John as a 32-year-old undercover detective, uh, living anything but a godly life, as I began to read through the scripture and come to the scripture with a, a desire to see if there's a God, okay, show up, that he really began to speak to me personally uh, in the Gospel of John. And when I got to verse um, chapter 10, 27, the scripture said, my sheep hear my voice 
and I know them, and they follow me. And at that moment, it was like a laser beam shining on my unbelief. And through that, um, I began to, to question and, um, and came to faith in Christ. Um, the second was his will for serving. Um, as a young Christian, you know, we were involved. I, I got married. I had, we had our first couple of kids. And uh, one Sunday morning, getting ready for church, I had the radio on. There was a, used to be a Christian station up in Philadelphia. And um, I was literally in the shower with the radio on. And a song came on by Debbie Boone, which will tell you how old I am. <laughs> Debbie Boone was popular then. Um, the name above all names. And as I was listening to the song in the shower, the line in the song was, who will declare my name in this final hour? And I found myself audibly answering, I will. And then I had an Urkel moment. Did I do that? <laughs> But it was as clear as if he were standing right there in the room with me. And um, that Sunday morning, we were having a dedication service, and our third child was being dedicated. And um, as I was on the platform praying for my child, I said, oh, by the way, I believe God wants me to come into full-time Christian service. The third one is not so warm and fuzzy. And it was the t when it was time to leave the pastorate, um, of a local church, which I thought was going to be God's will for the rest of my life. And it was through difficulty and through challenge and through pain and through personal doubt that I found God's will to really let go and trust him. For three years we lived, I had no salary, had no visible means of support, as it were, other than a little bit here and there, and somehow God brought us through that to a place of service now. Um, so he uses all of those things, at least he has in my life. Um, I didn't really understand how I heard God's voice until I went away to college, and um, I always thought when people say I heard God's voice, I was like, that's so cool. I want to hear God like speak audibly to me like a person would talk, and that's how I always expected it to be Like when God spoke to Moses in the burning bush. like I always thought that would be really cool. But God spoke to me like that. Um, the first time that I really realized how God spoke to me, I was um, in a worship service, and uh, it was actually a word for someone else. And God told me to go get my Bible and open it up to a certain verse and a certain chapter. And um, I had no idea what it meant, but I went to that person and spoke that over them and they started crying and it meant the world to them and it lined up with something that the pastor just preached to them a week ago and uh, that's how I realized like God speaks to me through his word and um, that's not the only way that he speaks to me but the biggest way that I've heard God speak is through his word I'll you know be in worship and he'll give me a verse and um, or if I just am in devotions and I'm really like in tune with um, what God is saying in his word I think that's the best way that God has spoken to me and um, through songs, and um, like I'll just be in my room praying to God, and he'll give me a song, and I'll just start singing out to him, and he really speaks through me and through lyrics and all that. So, yeah, that's how I hear God's voice. Cool. Awesome. Um, Nicole, we'll pick up right here because I recognize um, that, uh, well, let me just ask this one question first, and you all can just raise your hands or nod your head because um, I already know the answer. Will God make you do, have you do stuff you don't want to do? <laughs> okay, there we go. We got that one down. So um, how, do you, how do you go ahead and, and, and reconcile with that? Is it basically that you just, is it th that where the obedience comes in? Yeah. Is that where you just, 
obey, that step of faith, faith is being sure what we hope for. I hope this is really what you want me to do, God, and just the obedience. Okay, now, Nicole, um, let's pick up with you here. Sometimes doing the will of God is filled with the greatest joys, and this is for everybody. Sometimes it's filled with hurt, um, naysayers, ridicule, um, people will maybe little or minimize you or think you're, you're totally insane for, for doing what you're doing. Um, and, you, and sometimes doing the will of God may seem like you're going from struggle to struggle to struggle to struggle. So how do you handle pa- times of struggle? And what have been some of your greatest struggles and your greatest joys? So how do you handle struggle? And what are some of those struggles, if you don't mind sharing, uh, it, it, while you're doing the will of God? And what are the greatest joys? Um, I mean, I'm not perfect at handling struggles. Like, I have my moments like anybody else where under high pressure I go berserk and I just go crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone can relate to that. But um, I think the way that I've handled struggles the best is just to completely surrender to God because he knows what he's doing more than I do, and he loves me more than I love myself. So, I mean, I just have to surrender to him and give it all to him and um, just really pray and be in his word and surround myself with people that I know are going to support me and love me and that are going to give me the word of God. Um, and some struggles that I've had I mean like I'm a homebody like I was trying to go to Cecil College I went for a year to Cecil College because I was so afraid of going away from home up two hours the road and um, that was like the biggest thing for me when my mom mentioned going to Australia I thought she was crazy because I'd always wanted to go to Australia I thought it'd be cool but it's the furthest from Maryland that you can get (laughs) so (laughs) like unless you go to outer space but um, it's pretty far (laughs) and uh, so I thought she was crazy so that was the hardest part for me was letting go of my family and like um, you know leaving my boyfriend and leaving my friends and all that that was really hard for me because it wasn't just you know leave for the week and come back on the weekend it's you're gone for a year and you can come home on Christmas maybe (laughs) so I mean you know so that's been hard and then uh, finances was a struggle for me because you know being a college student you can't really work full-time because you're full-time college full-time church and um, doing like all sorts of serving over there so it was really hard for me to pull off getting a job over there and uh, being on my own and not having you know that support that you have here like hey mom can I have 10 bucks like it just doesn't work like that I mean my parents have been awesome in supporting me but it's still a little harder you know being away from home so that's been a struggle and just trusting God with um, where he wants me to go because being over there, um, I thought I knew what I was going over there for, and I had this expectation of what was going to happen, and God did the complete opposite, so he likes to do that, so that was kind of hard for me, but just um, trusting him and surrendering him with everything, so that's, yeah. It's easy to say I'm in the will of God when things are going well, when um, your church is growing, when you're birthing a Spanish-language congregation, when you're conducting off-campus services at the rescue missions and at the retirement homes, and when your, uh, your people are getting excited about foreign missions and going on trips, and it's, it's easy to say, oh, we're in the will of God. But when the difficulties come, when there's attacks that Satan sends to you, that uh, if you're in the ministry, Pastor, you can give me an amen. Um, others may never even be aware of, but you have to wrestle with them. Um, that's when God says, okay, you say you trust me. And, and you want to be in the center of my will, now I'm going to put you to the test. And so as we move through life, often staying in God's will means letting go of what was God's will and embracing what is God's will and really trusting him for that transition. Um, but that's where the greatest joy lies. So first of all, I think that 
quite often when we're in God's will and we're facing struggles, we, we need to realize that it's attacks from Satan because Satan doesn't want us to walk in God's will. So we need to recognize that. Um, and how do I deal with that? Well, it, it, I spend a lot of time really searching God's word for direction. And if I feel uneasy about something, I take it that it's, you know, God doesn't want me to go there. Um, struggles. One of the biggest struggles, and people who own their own business sort of know this, is always wondering where the money's coming from. Um, and actually stepping out for me, when I changed to the Faith-Based Nonprofit Resource Center, I was scared to death because, you know, it's easy to say you're a Christian when nobody really knows. But now, as a faith-based nonprofit resource center, there's no hiding it. It's out there. Um, and so what happens? What are people going to think of me? Are people going to come to me? Um, all of those things sort of make you stand on your toes a little bit more because you know that everybody's watching your life. Um, one of the things that I don't say that I won't work with organizations that are not Christian. Um, if, if, you know, like, you know, an after-school program or somebody comes to me and wants help, I will help them. But it's very clear what my personal values and mission are. So I put that out there, um, and they sort of know what they're getting if they come to me to work with me. But one of the big things that um, I deal with is really sort of taking it on faith and struggling to, to know that the ministries I work with, oftentimes they don't have any money either. And so I'm always like, okay, are they going to pay? Who's going to pay? I mean, literally when I run to the mailbox every single day, I get really excited because sometimes there's checks in there. Um, and people have been able to pay, but sometimes they haven't. Um, and it's just a matter of that's the biggest struggle. You know, it's easy for all of us. Think about if you're worrying about money and where it's going to come from and how God's going to provide. That's a really easy time for you to fall back into whatever you want to do that's not in the will of God because money is what we need to survive, right? So that's probably the biggest struggle I have. Okay, good. And um, the, last, the last thing that um, I want to do is kind of... Um, a dual question. We had talked about in week three about, uh, last week, about the different shades. We're going to paint something red. There's 256 shades of red. And, and this whole, the theme of this whole series has been from Colossians, in whatever you do. Have you found, like, I know Nicole kind of touched on it and some of us touched on it, that you started in a direction and that there's all these different shades. You think you're headed for the red and then it becomes salmon or whatever other color it is there and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? Have you seen God change the situation on you in midstream, and in doing so, um, how how can um, how can you see uh, others, the influence of others, in in where you're headed in the will of God in those different shades? How has that happened? And how can the others, because we are made to be together, God made us to be together. How can we we help each other in each of those things? I heard, um, and I know by knowing the stories, I've heard, um, you know, the dreaded finances that always keep coming in there, but 
turning that over to God and seeing how he works with that is easy to say I'm giving it over to God than living it at times when you got the bill collector at the door and when you're not eligible for other, other kinds of uh, grants and stuff, you know, that, that other people in the United States have. How do, you, how do you wrestle with those things and say, okay, God, I thought I was headed here, but I'm headed in another direction. Go ahead. And have you seen whatever? God's will be whatever. Okay, so to me, when you're walking in God's will, you have this sense of peace about your life. You really know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you have this peace. So every once in a while, God shakes it up, and you get uneasy, and then you have to run back to his word and and really kind of search it out and figure out where he wants you and what his will is. Um, I often sit and say, I often say this, God, it's just me. I'm Debbie DiVirgilio. Why, why are you giving me these opportunities? And so it always comes back to because you're the one who's being obedient. And that's often confirmed by other people. Um, you know, if I'm thinking about something and somebody confirms it for me that I know is walking with the Lord that hasn't even, they haven't even um, heard what I've been thinking, then I know that that's truly the path I'm supposed to take. Because God will keep it mixed up and keep you on your toes. Because when we get comfortable, we don't need our faith anymore. We, we can do it on our own. And God doesn't want us to do it on our own. He wants us to rely on him. I share with folks that um, ask me about this generally that we play checkers and God plays chess. We are limited and we can only see, like our goal is, oh, I got to get there so I king me, right? Think about a checkerboard. All the pieces are the same. They all have the same value until you get to that point where it's king me. Now you have some, and that's what we do. We think that's the goal to get to king me so I can do all this. And God's actually playing chess where all the pieces have different functions, roles, responsibilities, advantages, disadvantages. And he uses all of them, the circumstances and the people in our lives, uh, in this chess game that we're not even aware we're in. Because what he's doing right now, as I'm in God's will, is preparing me for the next step where he's going to place me. And he wants to know if I'm willing to trust him here so that I can serve him there and... For me, it was learning to, to let go of that, that tunnel vision of king me and let him be the king. Um, yeah, like I was saying before, uh, the whole direction thing, God does that, I think, in everyone's life where we have an idea and we plan out our life and we try to make everything work the way that we want it to, and then God completely turns it around and turns it into something else. But um, I was reading in Romans 12, uh, 1 through 2, and I can't exactly remember everything that it says word for word, but I know in the end it talks about um, how God's will is um, perfect and good, and that translates to that there can be no improvements in God's will. And I think that's really important for everyone to understand and for personally for me to understand because I can't improve God's will because it's already perfect. So no matter what happens, no matter what way God turns me, he's going to work everything out for the good. And his word says that as well. So, I mean, 
you know, it's scary when God switches directions because you're not prepared for it, but I think that's the best time because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect and his will can proceed the way that he wants it to. And I think a lot of the times we think that if we mess up, um, that if we, you know, choose A instead of B, like Jack was talking about, that we're, you know, our whole life is doomed and that we can't fix it, but it's not up for us to fix it, you know, because it's God's will and it's perfect. So he's going to make it work for the good because he loves us. And um, I think it's just really important for us to continue um, for our life to be an act of worship. And um, it doesn't mean to be perfect all the time because God knows that we're not perfect. And uh, every single one of us knows that we mess up. And even if we are saved and we go to church, we still are going to make mistakes. And uh, every single one of us can say that because honestly, I can sit up here and say that too. You know, like no no one's going to not mess up. It's just God knows we're going to mess up. But um if our, if our life is an act of worship, then God is going to work it out for the good. Um, if we can just continuously surrender to him and continuously trust him. And uh, even in those moments when we don't want to trust him, I think that's the most important moment that uh, we have to give it to him. Because like it says in his word, um, in our weakness, his strength is made completely perfect. And um, I think that's really important because it really helps us understand his love for us. And uh, when we can just surrender to him, then his will is made perfect. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's great stuff, right? Great stuff to hear that. Um, I've, I've been blessed as I am connecting to it with, with all of you. Um, just, just to recognize that, you know, there's so many people here that have used God's giftedness in order to accomplish his will. Um, just to even be in this, in this building and to be here today. Um, each week people use their um, God's will for their life and connect and, and just do so many things. Um, you know, it's just, it's, I know, I know just in the last, uh, just in being with these, with the three of these in the last month or so, I've been able to see how Debbie's used um, some of her giftedness to help with the financial peace group that we've been we, helping lead that. And that's really made a big impact on a lot of people. Um, believe me in my house now people my kids think a budget is a ner- dirty word um so um mike we last week we got to connect there and i know bonnie has you know uh, connected to that and and just really ha- rachel and others who have been here just really connected to the ministry and to see lives changed um by just being present and following the will of god and wednesday nicole is going to get back on an airplane right for a long and she'll get there friday right yeah. a long long time on an airplane and so you know what i'm saying is you know if if they're, they're also available for you, and, and I think we also need to be able, ready to reach out and, and to partner with them, too, in whatever ways we can. So, uh, you know, at, after we're church, I want them to go ahead and have a chance to go ahead, and you can talk to them, and they'll be outside if they want to with anything. I love you all. Thank you very much for doing this um, and helping out, Mike. Love you, brother. And Nicole, we love you. So I'm going to ask the praise team to come up right now as we're going to move to a period of communion. I know we're running a little bit late today, and if you have to go, we understand that. We usually don't run this much, but I, I just really wanted to take time as we conclude this series on God's will to focus on communion, the thing that brings us into the presence of God and also leads us to his, uh, his Holy Spirit in a mighty and powerful way. So our servers are going to come forward. We recognize that Jesus said on the night in which he gave himself up for us, this is my body which is given for you. Do this as often as you drink it, as you eat it, and remember to me. He broke it and he gave it to his disciples. After giving thanks to God. Recognizing that through bread, grain is a whole bunch of different grains that are pressed out and put together. Just like the church. A whole bunch of individual grains. Look at somebody and say you're grainy. But when we're pressed out, we, we're together and we make a big connection with the Lord. Also after su- the supper was over, he took the cup again. He gave thanks to God. He blessed it and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and drink from this, all of you. This is my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. I'm going to ask if the praise team come forward. I want to serve them first so they can go ahead and begin to um, bring song. Now, what it, I'll get you guys. Don't worry, I won't forget you. But when we recognize this, when we look at communion, it's a symbol of the act that Christ died for us in taking this is his body, which is broken and given for you. This is body, which is broken. And Jesus used the symbolism in a Seder meal to go ahead and display what he was doing and giving up his life for us. So what does it mean to participate in communion? To recognize this is his body and this is his blood, which is shed for us. And uh, very similarly, this was all the will of God. This was the will of God that although we messed up, his son didn't. And what does God want us to do? He wants us to become more like Christ, to make Christ more alive and active in our lives. So what do you have to do to do communion? Well, you have to ask yourself, do you love God? Do you love God? Do you love others? Isn't that where we started this today? Do you love God and love others? And if you do, then communion is an, at, is an atmosphere for you. Do you, you want to live in peace with others? How many of you have, any, have ever had anybody in your life that you don't get along with too well? Anybody? If not, we'll have a big repentance afterwards. For that. <laughs> We all have people we don't get along with. We all have people we don't connect to. But it's not about us, right? It's about the Lord who died for us. Because guess what? I've done stuff in my life that Jesus probably isn't that happy about. I've done stuff in my life that, that harms him and breaks his heart. I've held unforgiveness in my heart. I've held resentment. But ultimately, I have a God who's forgiven me. And that's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us as we have forgiven others. I've walked by people who've needed food and needed the hand of God. I've walked by that. And yet God forgives me and loves me. So I'm going to ask if both of you will go over to that side. You guys can go to the middle and you guys can come here. And what we're going to do is for this side, I'm going to ask that you come from the back, make your way down here. If you want to pray, go ahead and do so. At the altar, we have it there. I, th I believe some of our uh, Stephen ministers and prayer leaders are here today. I'm going to ask you guys to come up first, if you will, to be available for prayer. If you're in this, in this section here, come down this way and return here. If you can't um, get up here because of mobility, runner, just raise your hand. And over there, um, we're going to ask you to come down that way and return there. But if you need to pray, use any place here as an altar. Pray with somebody with you because in whatever you do, do it to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please come to the table of the Lord as we continue our worship today.
We, we serve a good God, amen? We serve a good God. I know we went over today, um, but uh, I guess it's, it's God's will, right? Uh, that's how we'll segue into that. Um, I just want to close today's service with just a reminder. I, you know, a lot of times we do sermon series and we're like, okay, on to the next one. Um, but I, I just really, God took this series I had a totally different thought process. I was going to talk about baptism, all kinds of things. God just shifted it right in the middle. And so what I think he just wants us to do is just to walk in his ways so that we live in his will. And so that no matter whatever, say whatever. Whatever, whatever you do, do it into the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. All right. Um, there's still some people praying, and that's awesome. And I'm going to ask, um, Nicole, you can head on back. I want some people to be able to get, hug you one more time for a year and just to talk to you if there's any way they can help support you in, in love and care and all other ways, by all means, go ahead and see you. Um, I, I love her dearly. Um, she's, I still keep that picture on my phone of her as a little kid. Um, but um, we're just glad God's, what God's doing in her life and in the life and ministry of the church. If you're here today, welcome. We, we're glad that you're here. We hope that you fill out your card. Um, but next week, we're switching gears, and next week, we're going to talk about chapter 12. Aren't you glad we weren't doing chapter 11? Um, <laughs> to figure that out. And we're going to just be talk, talk about how to, how to have endurance to remain unshaken in life. Amen. Go in the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Very good. All right. Would you start with them again?